0: It's great to be back. It's great to see you back. Um, thank you for coming back. Amen. Uh, and so last year we had this thing in the evening that if someone invites you to dinner uh, and they come, you say, hey, thank you for coming. Uh, but now I'm saying in the beginning of the year, thank you for coming back. All right. So um, tonight, yeah, where is Karina? Oh, Carly, I just um, i felt that uh, I missed my opportunity to, to speak over you uh, a blessing while they were praying for you. And so I, s- I see a picture of, um, of a, uh, a cauldron uh, of precious oil. Uh, and God is saying over your life that I will use you um, not sparingly in the purity of my Holy Spirit. And it's almost like an Esther thing. Uh, I don't know if you know Esther in the Bible. Uh, She was sanctified for the king. And it's almost like God is putting you in that mold of protection and going for you. I am protecting. uh, But when I use you and when I work through you to people, oh, I'm going to throw you out all over. And it's almost like uh, just in the age that you're at right now, the timing of your life, God is preparing for you a lot of things. Now, I wanted to say that there's a lot of wild things that you can take care of here in Pretoria as well. But going all the way to Paul uh, is not only an opportunity. God is, is shifting things in your life spiritually. Uh, he's going to allow you to see things that you've never seen before um, and be, meet people that you've never have met before. But, but also just in His nature and who He is, God is going to show Himself to you and He's going to reveal that to Him. Uh, And so just God, I pray over Kylie's life, just the the blessing and the purity that we've seen over the uh, couple of years that she's been with us and the way that she serves and the manner that she does it uh, and the humility that I see in her life. Father God, I pray right now that you will bless her uh, accordingly in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Good. So, um, yeah, we're in a new sermon series uh, called Set Apart. Say with me, set apart. Uh, It's a biblical view of holiness. Holiness. And so um, tonight we'll have the opportunity to have some um, photos taken at the photo booth there with the 2024. Can you believe we're in a new year? It is crazy. It's the 14th of the first month already. In 14 days, it's a new month. Now I'm counting wrong, aren't I? Uh, and so the point is, this year is on a roll. It's already there. If you're still sleeping, and if you have no idea what God is doing with your life this year, you are late. No, you're not. Okay, you're here. God is going to speak to you tonight. Nay, Dylan. Okay. And so he knows exactly what he wants to do with you. And so you can uh, relax. But uh, there is a lot of things about our theme tonight, uh, which is uh, uh, God is holy. Uh, the holiness of God, that is so interesting. And I want to share with you uh, that in Psalm 96, that's the psalm we're going to read tonight, 1 to 9, we find a hymn of praise uh, for the divine kingship of who God is. And this whole chapter, or actually the whole chapter, but that first nine verses speak of the greatness of this king that you and I worship. And so the Lord is king over all creation who believes that. And so what happens is... um, this psalm calls the redeemed people of God to worship Him in response to who He is and to what He has done. I want you to hear something tonight. Who He is and what He has done. And so, but this, you know, this call to worship uh, is not only for, wasn't only for the Israelites in the Old Testament. It wasn't only for God's people. It was for everyone who wanted to believe in God. See, when this scripture is written about him, uh, about the holiness and the glory of God, it's not something that God planned out just for his chosen people. No, no, no. From the beginning of earth, when God created everyone, he had you and me in mind, knowing some of us will be part of his, um, um, his family and some won't but then there'll be this invitation that, we're gonna, uh, that you're going to receive tonight. Um, this university, we call it a university of the Psalms. It's a token of verses and Psalms that, that actually say the same thing, but just in a different manner. A university, I, I learned a new thing as well. Um, but it, came, it comes from the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, Uh, In the call of Abraham, of God's redemptive people. So God's story with Abraham, it started all with that understanding the goodness of God and how good God is. But the holiness of God is only understood if we know who God is. It doesn't help us understanding holiness. If I tell you, oh, that guy is holy. Does he have a lot of holes in him? I don't know. know. So if we don't understand the fullness of God... In His Godness, holiness doesn't make sense, amen? Because holiness is not just purity. And that's what we're going to learn tonight, amen? Uh, again, purity, not the, not the but purity. Um, and so our personal holiness, I want to start with that, is grounded in the holiness of God. So if we misunderstand God's holiness, we won't understand ours. Do you want to know how to live holy? Because God says, I am holy, so therefore, be holy. And I'm like, yeah, bees muck like to say, Lord. That's an easy, But well, how do I be holy? I'm going to help you. And the holiness of God, it's easy to understand. There are two aspects to God's holiness. First, it's God's uniqueness. Do you know God is not created? He is the creator. Does that make sense? And so, when we read this, First, God's uniqueness as creator. He is separate and unique from his creation. Yes, we are created in his image, but he is not physical. Amen? He is spiritual. And so, this is sometimes called the majesty holiness of God. The majesty holiness of God is that thing that God is not created. He is the creator. Amen? And then secondly, um, it's God's absolute goodness. So, firstly... He's majesty, majesty holiness, which is he's the creator. He is not being created. And then secondly, you and I can believe that God is good. Amen? we just sang it. You are good. Thank you for leading us good. Oh, oh. I could, We could do that over and over. We can go into the chant. but ultimately, if you and I believe that God is good, we will see his goodness. Some of you have experienced it firsthand. Some of you don't believe in God's goodness, has received it, but don't know it. That it came from him. Make sense? Good. And so, this psalm paints a picture of God's majestic holiness by multiplying descriptive words. And I want you to read with me. Psalms 96 verse 1 to 9. It goes like this. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day declare his glory among the nations his marvelous works among all the, peop- the peoples for great is the lord and greatly to be praised he is to be feared above all gods for all gods of the people are worthless idols and the lord made the heavens um, and the, but the lord made the heavens Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. That's a mouthful. I want to give you the opportunity to, to read it again. Can we just, um, John, if you guys can um, run it through, just like if you can read it through, let them read it again. Worship the Lord in His splendor and holiness. What does that all mean? What is He up to and what is He doing? Now, He's teaching us, firstly, that He is holy, He's showing us His greatness. The psalmist is communicating to you and me the things that we have to receive in truth and then apply to our own lives. So it can only be applied if it's been given back to him, and we're going to go through this very slowly. So um, I want to I want to rabbit trail just for a second before we get to the explanation of the scripture and the and the preaching of the word. If you have an idol or someone that uh, you really esteem to, or you've always wanted to meet this person. Um, he's like a maybe a, a great actor or a singer or a sports uh, star or could be anyone else. It could be a writer. Um, if he's alive today and you want to meet someone, who would it be? Tell me. Hands up. Yes, Heidi Baker. Yeah, she's planting churches all over Africa, and uh, she has a heart for the poor, uh, for the poor um, and the pure. Uh, and so yeah, great, Heidi Baker. Thank you, Bianca. Anyone else? Yes. Tim Keller. Okay. Yeah, has he not died? Is he dead? Yeah, oh, he died last year. Can you believe it? Yeah, oh, you know, you can read his books though. I mean, no, that's great. Okay. Anyone else? Yes. Joseph Prince. You want to meet him? You know, he's very short, eh? Yeah, he's a short guy. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm pulling your socks. Uh, that's great. Why do you want to meet him? Because of his biblical knowledge. Great. Anyone else? No one has like a worldly guy that you want to meet. Don't be scared. Roger Federer. Roger Federer is a tennis player. Okay. And so Jan wants to meet Roger Federer. He's actually an ex-South African. I think he comes from, he was born here. Anyone else? Yes. Eric Clapton. He's an actual musician. He plays really good. And actually... I think uh, Heinrich looks a bit like Eric when he was younger. And so, so they, there's always this thing that they say, um, don't meet your heroes, your, your or don't meet the guy that you esteem to. Um, and I want to tell you quickly, um, I want to put up a picture uh, of three people uh, that I would like to meet. Uh, and the first one is Mark Wahlberg. Um, I love Mark Wahlberg's um movies some of the movies don't watch it some of the others you can um, uh, since Mark Wahlberg came to Christ do you know he gave his life to Jesus uh, he's like an outspoken I, I I follow him on Instagram he's um uh, he's pumping weights and then and then giving someone a teaching about a scripture that he understands I love the guy and so I want to meet him I want to understand what the what the shift was? I want to hear his story. So that's the one reason. And then I definitely want to um, meet Virat Kohli. Um, I'm a big cricket fan. I've met a couple of uh, uh, cricket guys in my life, but Virat I would like to meet because they call him um, uh, King Kohli in in India. And I want to ask him uh, what does he believe in? Does he is he is he um, uh, does he believe in any of of their gods, or can I tell him about mine? And so I want to have a cricket conversation with a bit of a sneaky question inside, and and maybe God gives you an opportunity there. And then I, um, uh, without further, yeah, you know, I don't have to introduce him. But Rossi, I want to speak to the guy. I mean, I'm gonna first shake his hand. I'm gonna high five him. I'm gonna fist bump him. We're gonna do the old chase thing. Uh, just saying, well done. And so I want to speak to him about strategy and team. Because i got a team that works for me, and he's got a team that works for him. And so I have a lot of questions for him. Uh, And all of those guys are interesting, but they're all alive. The thing is with these guys, we know them because they have some or other talent that makes them great. Do you agree? Someone that you esteem to follow, you follow them because they do something great. But do you know them? Do you know their choices, their character, their characteristics, maybe their personality traits? If you do, you might be a stalker. Okay, so the next page, these people don't live anymore. Um, the first one is Robin Williams. I think I have a bit of a Robin Williams um, a sense of humor. I, I love Robin Williams. Uh, there's a lot of him that, that I can say that I wish someone just reached out to the guy uh, but there's such an amazing, so i got such an amazing story growing up. I'd love to have asked him questions or meet him one day. Uh, and definitely uh, Mother Teresa is one of my favorite people. Um, I would love to sit with her. I would have sit with, sat with her. And uh, Just a love for people, for God, for um, poor people, but also for orphans. She had such a heart for orphans in the way that she loved Um, uh, uh, people with Jesus' love, Uh, I'm almost uh, certain she was spirit-filled. There was something about that woman that was incredible. And then I'd like to have a serious conversation with Adam and Eve. I'd like to meet them. They're my idols, but I would like to go like, What happened? What were you thinking, people? Why did you bite the apple? Why did you give it to Adam? Why did he fall? Okay, so no, we're not going to that. So there are all these guys that sometimes we follow, but when you meet them, I've heard that some of those meetings, and I have met people that I really like, um, that I was really disappointed in speaking to them in the manner that they responded, or in just the stuff that I felt that I thought, because of this picture that I had built up in my head of who they should be, they didn't, they didn't align to my... My idea of who they are. And then I was disappointed. Any, anyone had that that experience before? Or more or less from say, anyone? It's happened. Why? Because we don't know them. We esteem and look up to these talents that they hold in the front. And we go, oh, he must be a great guy. Or she must be a great woman. But that's not necessarily true. So here's what I'm getting at. God has done great things for us. He has not only great talents oh but his character is intact. Not only is he, is he creative and and the, the, I don't think there's levels to God that we can actually you know, the word of God says our head cannot can, can, cannot fathom how great God is. But then on this side, he, the word of God says he loves me. The creator of the world wants to know me. He wants to walk with me. He gave his one and only son for me in relation to, 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 to get our relationship from, from him and to repair that relationship that was lost. But let's get into the word of God. Firstly, there's four things I believe that I'm taking from this scripture that we just read a couple of times. Um, firstly, he's glorious. The word of God is clear in verse seven to three and seven to eight, saying, "Declare His glory among the nations; ascribe to the Lord glory and strength; ascribe to the Lord the glory due to His name." So, what is glory? I mean, if I had money, if you ask me for cash right now, I might have fifty rand in my. I could take it out and give money to you. But if we say, "Hey, give me glory," where do I find it? What is glory? Glory is that moment where you see someone run the 100 meters at the Olympic Games, and they win. They break the world record. They get them the golden medal, and they stand up, and everyone cheers. They get glory. They get praised. They get the the honor. They get the medal. And so when we read this, Why would why would the name of God be due for glory? Anyone? What we just read, do you think that there is a measure of glory to be given to God out of what we read? Oh definitely. He is great. He is amazing. He is big. He's done all these amazing things. Definitely we should give Him glory. It's almost like we're picking up glory from the floor, and when we search for people to give it to, we want to give it to them, and we go, oh, no, it's not, it's not people's glory. It's God's. For whatever you and I have, He gave it to us first. And the Word of God says, even the breath in your own lungs you do not give to yourself. It comes from Him. So who does the glory go to? It goes to God. Amen? Is that is that uh, easy to understand? So the glory is something that I see. I declare His glory because I see among the nations there's no one like Him. We sing actually sang that song. There is no one like our God. I get go far, nah, no Okay. And so number one, He's glorious. Number two, He's great. That's what I'm getting out of that scripture. For the great, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Do you see where, where, the, where the psalmist is going with this? He's telling us how good and how great, how big and marvelous our God is. And he wants us to respond to that. He wants us to give glory. But also, he wants us to make God's name great. Do you know why you and I have been created? It's to worship God, firstly, and secondly, promote who He is among people. I had this friend. He's still a friend. Ah, I don't want to say, I'm not going to go into it, but wow, what a guy. I met him. He's done, he's got a lot of talent. Um, He can do almost anything out there and just, uh, it'll turn into gold. And every time he's with me, I'm just making sure I introduce someone to him. Uh, Or I call a friend. Uh, You know the moment where you want to name drop a bit, but you don't want to do it in your face So you call someone and say, hey, how about some coffee there? But you don't tell them this guy's coming with. Then you meet him up, and this guy's there, and you look good. I did that. That's bad. Okay, don't do that. But ultimately, God's in his greatness. If you and I know who he is, not only what he's done, it's easy to make him great, isn't it? It's easy to speak about him. And so number three, to understand that he is our creator and, and we are the created. He is God, and you and I are not. And so he says, For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Amen? The Lord made the heavens. Who else made the heavens in the air? You know, do you know any other God that's made the heavens? Any? There's none. There's none. And so, um, firstly, he's glorious. Secondly, I take it that he's great out of that, that piece of scripture. Uh, he's definitely the creator. Uh, and then he is majestic. Um, this word majestic is, is incredible because we, we sing that song, Majesty. Do you know that? Majesty. And so we are communicating the kingship of the Lord. We're communicating that God is the one on the throne and we are not. We are his subordinates, we are his slaves, we are his servants. And therefore, his bondservants, that whatever God says we do. Amen. And so the splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And so he's communicating that God is not only king. He's not only in control. He's not only creator. Our God is beautiful. I met a man who has seen Jesus. Uh, uh, Jesus appeared to him. Uh, He walked with him. And he said to me, the first thing that came up is the beauty of Christ. He could not stop looking at him. Not Brad Pitt. Not physical. Not outside. The person of Jesus Christ that is majestic. It takes your breath away. It makes you stand up. It makes you fall down on your face. Amen. That type of beauty. It's not something that can be painted or created. No, no, it is who he is. I have met someone before that I thought um, has no faults or mistakes. I actually don't think they say, I actually thought they didn't sin at all. That's how great I thought they were. And there was this aura about them. This aura about them when you're in their presence, you just want you say yes to everything, and you just want to serve them, and and and. And the funny thing is with idols on earth is they're also just created beings. They're just humans created by God. And sometimes I am in wonder. Um, let's get to that just now. I want to quickly go to a verse. Um, 96 verse 9 says, Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him in all the earth. But I want to I go to a specific verse um, in Jeremiah 10 5. Jeremiah 10 5, it's under declare. Um, it says this He says, Like a scarecrow in a cucumber field. I didn't know they had scarecrows in those days. This is new for me. But listen to this read with me. He says, Like a scarecrow in a cucumber field, their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them. They can do no harm, nor can they do any good. God is saying, there are no other living gods like me. He says, all the other gods need to be carried somewhere. All the other gods cannot speak. I can speak into your life. Who wants a God like that? Do you want an idol that will make you look good? Or do you want a living God, creator God, loving God, speaking into your life, and never, ever will you be the same again? What do you want? What, is, what are you looking for? And so um, I want to go to this passage uh, that it was adapted from Brett McCracken's Uncomfortable, the book, Uncomfortable. He says, in today's world, holy is the most offensive of all four-letter words. Why is holiness so reviled? Because the pursuit of holiness involves the acknowledgement of sin and the necessity of repentance. Two words is as unfashionable as the word holy. Do you know the world does not want to acknowledge that they've done anything wrong or that they have any sin? Do you know that? The arrogance of this world has brought them to a place where they cannot see their own sin. They think they're perfect. They think that they should be worshipped. They think they should be applauded. They think that glory should be given to them as created beings. And what he's saying is two things. Acknowledgement of sin and the necessity of repentance. When you and I repent before God, when we give our lives to him, there is uh, an immediate understanding of his holiness. Do you know why? Because a God that can give, forgive sins must be Holy. And if he forgives me for that sin, and I am freed, then I am made holy. Does that make sense? He is holy already. He wants us to be holy. Someone ate an apple that they shouldn't have bitten into. Sin came in, and relationship was broken. And what God did in his holiness said, I am going to make a plan. I am going to give my son So that I can get them back into my holiness because they were created holy. Do you know that Adam and Eve did not experience any any fear? There was no sickness, no pain. There was no doubts. They had relationship, personal relationship with, with the Father. Do you know that you and I can easily lose our relationship with God by sinning? Why? Because Adam and Eve lost it in a moment. You and I need to understand His holiness. That sounded weird. God's holiness can never be corrupted. The Word of God says He is not a man that He should lie. The Word of God says there is no darkness found in God. He is light. Therefore, there cannot be any darkness. He is holy. His holiness creates a space for you and me to become holy when we agree. And what do we agree upon? We acknowledge things. We are not perfect. We are not God. He is. And we repent of our sin. Amen. And so tonight, I'm going to make it easy. We're going to pause there. We're going to have a practical quickly. There are a couple of questions that I want you to um, ask yourselves. And um, they're going to put it on for me. The first question is, Um, How is God glorified through this scripture? First question. How is God glorified through this scripture? Go quickly to that scripture again. Don't put it up. I want you to go through it quickly. Get your Bible. Go to the scripture. Where was it, Psalm 96, verse 1 to 9? Go to it quickly. How is God glorified in these scriptures? Go to it quickly. Find one and then you raise your hand and you tell me. Yes, go for it. Singing, he's glorified by singing, people singing to him. Amen. Yes, anyone else? Yes, declaring his steadfast love. Yes, anyone else? Say again, telling of his salvation, testifying about it. That's giving glory to him. Say again. Praising His name gives glory to Him. So if you're wondering if this, if this Scripture comes alive, it does. Right here. How is God glorified? By doing those things. Second question. How are we transformed by it? What does this glorifying God do to us? This is a, this is a step up higher grade question. Look at your Scripture. Don't look at me. Go and find it there. How? Are we transformed through this glorifying of Him? Find it. It's there. Yes. It makes us fear the Lord. Anyone else? Yes. Ascribing to the Lord? His glory. Do you know what is ascribing to it? Um, It's like that game we played when we were younger. Um, where there was this picture of a tortoise without a, without a shell, and the shell was on the outside, and the tortoise was standing there, and you had to connect the dots. Or it's like a leopard and his spots. Or it's like a crocodile and his teeth. You see where I'm going? Ascribing things that are true about God, using them and praising Him for it. God is good. Oh, I'm ascribing it to Him. God is great. I'm ascribing it to Him. Do you see it? I am saying things over God that is actually true. I'm aligning myself with who He is, not what He can do alone. You see, when we worship idols, it's all about their talents. They cannot give you anything. They will not give it to you. But when our God, with all His greatness, does things for us, it is not just because he wants to show off. No, his character backs it up and he's saying, I want relationship with you. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm always thinking of those people who spend all their time trying to prove that aliens exist. They've got this inner um, drive, all the whole flat earth, round earth conversation. I don't don't know where that is going, but they spend all their money, all their time trying to prove something that I don't know how it will make a difference right now. But but when we ascribe to the Lord things, oh, our hearts in humility, when we submit in fearfulness to Him, because we know how great He is, that changes us immediately. Why? It makes us immensely humble. It makes us teachable. It makes us to receive his holiness. Then when we step out of the holiness and we sin, we repent and we go back into his holiness. He welcomes us back. Then we have relationship and maybe we sin again. And then he asks us to repent and we do truly repent, turn away from sin. He makes us holy. Do you understand that when God says, I am holy, be holy, you and I have the opportunity to be holy. I want you to to chew on that. I want you to look at your life and go, it is possible for Jan to be holy. It is possible for Gideon to be holy. It's possible for Adran to be holy. I know, I know. Still a lot of work. God's not finished yet. If you look at the scripture, I want to ask the last question is how is the mission that we are on in making disciples, raising leaders, planting churches being accelerated in the scripture? Anyone? I want you to have a look in your in that verse. How is the mission accelerated that we're on in every nation? There's a hand. Yes. Read that part again. And each day proclaim the good news that he saves. See, lost people think God condemns, lost people think God judges, lost people are accused by their own sin in front of his holiness. We were all accused. In front of him by our our unholiness. But then he brings Jesus. And people and you and I can live holy lives with him in relationship. Not only receiving his talents and greatness and goodness. But we can receive his character. His person. His relationship with him. And that is attractive. That brings me to a position of when I then falter, I repent over those things. I'm going to give a chance. We're almost finished. I'm going to give, give a chance for you to, to make your relationship right. To make your, give your heart to Jesus again. To, this is a moment of repentance for you to go, Lord, I think there's stuff between you and me. That I'm either keeping against you or you keeping against me, but I'm definitely not holy as I'm sitting here. I need your forgiveness. I need your, I need to repent. You need to to wash me clean again. If that is you, we're gonna. No one's gonna look around. You can close your eyes and bow your heads. Lord, tonight we come and firstly, Lord, we don't want to be a, a people who rejects forgiveness from a God who's given us this opportunity, paid a ransom to get us back. guess we want to be arrogant and not acknowledge that we have sin in our lives tonight Father God not for one moment do oh are we preaching that we should be sin focused but Lord we should chase holiness and therefore when we chase holiness we sort out the sin in our lives we repent and, and you forgive us this is that moment again when we're in front of the cross Jesus is on it We see the penalty He's paid, the blood that has flown, His body that is broken. And we are overwhelmed by the knowledge that our God is not only great, but He loves us immensely. He put His money where His mouth is. He's put His life where He wanted relationship with me. And Lord, I am not going to reject Him. I'm going to accept His forgiveness when I repent for my sins. We're going to all out loud, even if it doesn't pertain to you, that's fine. You just speak it out. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight and I repent for my sin. I'm not only saying sorry, Lord. I ask you to wash me clean. I ask you to help me to live in holiness, to choose the right path, to read your scripture. Be submitted under your lordship agree with your word apply it in my life and thereby I will be declared holy because you are holy and I can be too Lord forgive me Lord repair my relationship with you repair my righteousness and right standing with you I come tonight Lord as you are the creator I know and I am the creation I am not a God, not even in my own life. You are my God. You are my King. You are my Lord, and I will submit unto you. My life is yours. My choices are yours, Lord. I choose to live in your holiness. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price. every eye is closed and no one's looking around there's this moment where Jesus when he preaches when his disciples preach the gospel of Jesus there was only one thing that they preached through every, all the other stories and the, that they told of him they, they, they preached forgiveness for sins but they preached repentance and they preached baptism why? Repentance helps us to be humble before Him. But going through the baptism pool says to God that we are obedient to Him. Com- communicates obedience. Tonight, God wants to take you through His spiritual baptism. Maybe you have been baptized before. You go, my name is but now I sinned again. Now God, I, re- I repented. He forgave me. But what Now. God says be obedient to my word start giving me the glory stop holding it back for yourself it's not yours to keep nothing that you do well is yours to keep nothing that happens good to you is because of your own works it's all because of me there is this humility factor that God is bringing in tonight, into our hearts, into our midst. He's taking away the arrogance, the judgment. He's taking away the ignorance. He's opening up our eyes to see He's the only one that can receive glory. Be glorified, be worshipped, be praised. I want you to receive is your sonship and your daughtership right now from him. The king is stretching out his hand into your heart saying, I want to give you, make you my son and my daughter tonight. See, you can be saved, but you can live a life that doesn't testify that you're a son or a daughter in the house of God. Some of you might have been saved, but you live like uh, you're an orphan outside still stealing still lying still swearing still doing things that you shouldn't but you are actually in the kingdom of God right now God says start chasing my holiness and you will find yours if there's anyone here tonight that you say Marinus I think I just recommitted my life to Jesus because of what we prayed. Why don't you raise your hand quickly. You can put it down again. Just as an, as an act of, of testimony, saying, Lord, this is me. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. I see that hand. I see that hand. Don't be shy. I see that hand. Young man, that choice, God, is going to change your life. God is changing it right now. He's welcoming you into His holiness right now. Sin is gone. That habitual sin is gone. Anyone else? Don't look around. God is here. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There we go. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. God is inviting you to not only know His talents, His greatness, but know Him personally. He speaks over you things like, you are His first love. You are the head and not the tail. God says, I've given nations in your place. I called you by your own name. You are mine, God says. You are not the world's. Because I love you and I honor you, God says. Therefore, I give nations in your place. God loves you so much that He gave His one and only Son. And what you receive tonight is an opportunity to walk in His holiness. He cloaked you with righteousness right now. You are in right standing with Him. There's two people that, while their eyes are closed, going, I wanted to lift my hand, but I didn't give an opportunity. I want you to lift it now. Don't miss this opportunity. God is here. He's in this place. He wants to touch you, your motives, your heart. There we go. One more person. Come on. Don't be shy. Come on. Father, I pray tonight that that in this sermon series, it's not something that comes from every nation. It comes from your heart. Help us to understand. The biblical view of holiness being set apart for you. Being set apart for you. You are set apart from the world. You are not human. You are not sinful. You are great. You are glorious. You are holy. You are pure. You are love. You are light. And therefore, I want to set myself apart from this world. Wanting to be everything that you are, Lord Jesus. I want you to receive it tonight. It is yours. It is yours. In Jesus' name. Let's give God a hand. Come on. I want you to um, do your homework. I'm giving this this, um, chapter 96, 1 to 9 as homework for the week. Please go through it again. I want, you to, I want you to have two phone calls uh, and one conversation with either a family member or a friend about what you've heard tonight and what you've learned about God's holiness and His glory. Um, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you what that scripture is going to tell you. is to testify about the goodness of God. Amen? Can we do that? Amen? Have some coffee with us. Please do a 2024... Um, photograph in the front with your friends or whoever is here with you. Have a great weekend and a week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.